made about 1,100 miles in just about 24 hours or so, 36 hours, something like that. But uh, we, we made it back safely, got back about 2 o'clock last night, got, finally got to sleep maybe about 2.30. Joe Best slept all the way back down. Um, didn't help me at all. She'd wake up every once in a while and pat me and say, are you okay? And I'd say, before I could say yes, she was back asleep again. So, oh, such a blessing. All right, why don't you go to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to look at verses 8 and 9. In our Sunday school class, we're studying uh, uh, through Genesis and going through some aspects of Genesis. But in the Wednesday night, we're doing on prayer. Of course, prayer is, uh, Genesis is foundational to everything I believe in life. Uh, it really just lays the foundation. It teaches us what the purpose is of really uh, why God did so many things. But also uh, uh, in Genesis, we find, uh, in a sense, the foundation of, of prayer, so to speak, in, in Genesis. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, of course, at this point in time, sin has taken place, and, and it's sad. I mean, we barely get started, and sin is already upon us. But we have here in verse 8, it says, They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So sin has come. Uh, God comes and he's uh, walking in the cool of the day, it says, in the garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve hear him. And they hear God. And at this point, they hide themselves. And uh, it's, a, it's a very strange thing, and we're going to talk about it just a little bit. We mentioned it in our, uh, a little bit uh, previously in the message, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth now. But it says in verse 9, it says, The Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art, where art thou? And that's really what we want to concentrate on tonight, this verse. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I ask you please uh, for your, just really tonight, your clarity of mind, strength of body. Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee and ask you to work through me tonight. I, I can do nothing. And, and Lord, I uh, can't do anything when the body is, is, is strong and when the mind is clear. But Lord, I pray when the, when the mind is weak and the body is weak, then we truly are, are extremely weak. But when we are weak, that's when you show yourself strong through us. And Lord, I ask you now tonight that something might be said that would encourage somebody, help somebody, maybe even change somebody's life when it comes to this matter of prayer. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. Prayer is just absolutely essential. I love the, the fact that this is a, a praying church. I, you know, I've said this since I've come here. I love the fact that, that we are missions-minded church, that the... the, the Pictures of the missionaries are out there and supporting missionaries and even during a transitional time, still supporting those missionaries and taking care of those missionaries and, and, and believing in them and getting excited about people when you read the letter, even getting excited about the people who read the letter. Uh, but, uh, Brother Wayne, and so, um, but it's very, very important to me that you, know, you keep that heart because I believe that God blesses a church and a people that have a heart for missions, for reaching people. But I believe also God has a, a heart for people that have a heart for him. And I believe that's so much of what prayer is. Prayer is a heart for God. 
It's wanting to know God and wanting to be with God. And I apologize for my, my voice a little bit. I, <clears throat> I don't know if you're like me, but anytime I kind of stay up late, go long and all that kind of stuff, it's like, like it goes right to the throat. And so I apologize for that. But in our Sunday school class, we have been studying Genesis. And, and last week we took a look at the purpose of the creation of man and of woman. And we talked about that some in Sunday school. And tonight we continue to talk about prayer, but the two become somewhat entwined as we look at these two verses right here. I mentioned already this passage briefly in another sermon, but tonight I, I just want to elaborate on it. Sin has taken place and now God comes to deal with the sin of man. Man has sinned, God comes to deal with it. And honestly, God didn't come in some horrible judgment to deal with it. He comes in grace and mercy to deal with it. But in number, the number one, my first point is this. First, we see an incredible thing is the, is the creation Asian tries to hide from the creator. Now, if you really think about that, that's, it's, it's, some of the things that are said in the Bible just almost boggle, you, boggle your mind, but it says that they tried to hide from God. Or no, it doesn't say they tried. It says they hid themselves. They hid themselves from God. And if you really think about that, and, and we talked about this somewhere along the way, but again, I'm going to elaborate, but I'll, I'll just go back through it just a little bit. But, but when, when God is omniscient, Amen. He knows everything. Amen. So he's got to know where you are. Does God know where everybody is here tonight? He knows where everybody is all over this, this world. God knows. And so he's omniscient. He knows where we are. And if he doesn't know where you are, he's standing beside you anyway because he's omnipresent. So he knows where you are and he's already there. And so it, it becomes physically impossible and spiritually impossible to hide from God. You can't hide from God. But, you know, we look at it and we think, how silly would it be for them to try to hide from God? But then we have to kind of look at our own lives just for a moment and think about what do we do where somehow we think God doesn't see. Anybody ever feel that way? Because... It just happens. I, I know that along the way we feel that way and we've addressed this already a little bit, but I, I just want to reemphasize that all of us who believe that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and, and omnipresent understand that it's impossible to hide from God. But nevertheless, this began with Adam and Eve and continues today as we do things that somehow we convince ourselves God cannot see and we hide ourselves from God. But even more amazing is what we want to head to tonight. Even more amazing, this is verse nine, as it says, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? So first of all, you can't hide from God, but then you have God Almighty saying to Adam, where are you? And so again, this is something, you know, we, we briefly just touched on. And, and I think I, I gave you the illustration, but I'll give it to you for somebody who wasn't here. That, the illustration that, that uh, God revealed this to me or kind of brought it into my mind of understanding. Uh, when I, I, as I sought this and, and I remembered having a two, two and a half year old, three year old. I don't remember what, how old she was, our daughter. But came in the counter, and, and there she's got her arm down the jar, you know, in the kitchen. Just, you know, got chocolate all over her face, all over her arms, all over everywhere. And uh, it kind of reminded me of a picture my mom and dad used to have of me when I was about three years old. Uh, incredibly beautiful picture. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm standing in the middle of the kitchen table with jelly was my only clothing. <laughs> jelly from head to toe, you know. And, uh, and so... Uh, you know, you walk in there, but when we have, we, you walk in on your child like that, 
None of us say, um, honey, you should not be eating that cookie. No, we walk in and we say, what are you doing? Right? I mean, what do you think you're doing? Well, let me help you. Anybody in here know what they're doing? We know exactly what they're doing. So why did we say, what are you doing? You know, I'm still waiting for some two-year-old to look around and go, what's it look like, stupid? You know, so, you know I mean, what are you doing? We're doing that. Now, what is the, the issue? We're not trying to get them to, uh, you know, it's not that we don't know what they're doing. What, what happens is, is we say that because we're trying to get them to recognize they're not doing what they should be doing. And so I believe when God says, where art thou to Adam? I really believe he was looking right at Adam. He was looking right at his eyes. Because it's impossible for Adam to hide from God. And so God was looking right at Adam when he said, Adam, where art thou? Where are you? And so this leads us to what I want to talk about tonight, this issue of prayer. God was making Adam and Eve realize that sin and the hiding of that sin had taken them from where they should be. God came to talk to them. It is my contention and belief that they knew who it was for God, God always came in the cool of the day to talk to them. I don't think this is the first time God ever showed up in the cool of the day. I believe that they knew that God was coming. So when they heard him, they knew it was him. Now it says in the cool of the day, now day can mean sunrise to sunset or sunrise to sunrise. We're not really sure absolutely what God meant in his word when he said, you know, cool of the day. It could be sunrise to sunset. It, it, it could be sunrise to sunrise, a 24 hour period. Cool of the day could mean the absolute coolest part of the day, which is just before sunrise or the cool of the morning or cool of the evening or even, even the nighttime as compared to the daytime. Nighttime would generally be cooler than the daytime. And so not exactly sure. The coolest, the coolest of the day and the cool of the day can mean two different things. Coolest is the particular point in time just before sunrise. Cool of the day could include dust to dawn. And so uh, I, all that is really not that important, but it's just the fact that, that I think that it's not an absolute specific time that God's talking about. It's, it's this, it's almost a, uh, a, you know, okay, when you have the cool of the day, right now, it's, it's quieter usually in the cool of the day. It's a little bit more peaceful in the cool of the day. And I believe that the cool of the day should be the quietest part of the day. Now, just hold on, I'm getting somewhere. Ultimately, God came and they heard him and he knew, and knew it was God because God came every day in the cool of the day. Now, what was the reason and purpose for God coming in the cool of the day? Why is God saying to them, where art thou? So that they'll realize that they're not where they're supposed to be. Not just spiritually, I believe physically, they were not in the position and the spot they were supposed to be. Now, why? Why is this so important? Because I believe that God came for a purpose every day. And when he approached 
in the cool of the day, whether that was just before daybreak or right at daybreak, he came in the cool of the day, whether that was late evening, now I believe it probably was daybreak. But when he came, he came for a purpose. That purpose was to meet Adam, to meet with him, to talk with him, to spend time with him. God came to him. Now this day, Adam's not there. David kind of said this in Psalm 55, 16 and 17. He said, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. He said this, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Evening and morning and both would be considered the cool of the day. But I believe that David adds noon in there because David being weak in flesh as we are and yet a man after God's own heart, he adds in noon because I believe you just can't go us. You know, Adam and Eve, I mean, God came in the cool of the day for a particular purpose. We're going to get to that. But he came in the cool of the day and came to talk, meet with Adam and came to be there with Adam and meet with Adam, Adam and Eve. And they call, he called them Adam. And so they, they came and they met there and, and there was a purpose. Now, David, when he says in the evening and morning and at noon, I believe he came to the realization that, that we as flesh, uh, we are so weak that, that we have to meet God in the morning and we have to meet God in the evening. But in between, we got to meet God again. You know, because we just, we just need him. It, it just, I mean, we need, to, we need to be alert to the fact that, boy, it don't take long to get weak. It really don't. You can talk to God and you can be strengthened and you can be strong and man, something can slap you and something can come in your path and you just need to realize you got to go find God quickly. And, and my, my old preacher used to say that seven times a day, uh, Brother Howes used to say that seven times a day he would yield himself to the Holy Spirit. And, and it didn't take me very long to, you know, you figure it out seven times a day and figure that's his waking hours seven times a day. I think, well, that's about every two and a half hours or so. And can I tell you, you know, we really don't make it much longer than that. We just got without getting really messed up. Getting really full of ourselves and getting really full of flesh. And, and it's really good just to stop and say, God, I yield myself to you again. Ultimately, we see that Almighty God from the beginning wanted to talk with us, not only to fellowship, and that's what we say, you know, God wants to fellowship with us, but listen, when we talk to him, he wants to do more. He wants to teach us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to direct us, to give us wisdom, to give us discernment, to give us power with him. God wants to be there for us, and he is always. We find his help to do the work of God as he created us to do it through this time spent in fellowship with him. We will listen to a voice of someone. Either we'll listen to ourselves, we'll listen to the world, the flesh, the devil, or we'll listen to God. We got to understand in the morning, we're going to listen to someone. In the evening, we're going to listen to someone. During the day, we're going to listen to someone. And God says, I need you to come listen to me. 
God created man to work, to work for God. We talked about it in our Sunday school class. That's the, the, what I call the precedent that God set. He created man to work. He created man to work for God, but he also created man to walk with God. Amen. Created man to work, to work, work for God, and he created man to walk with God. The question comes ultimately to each of us that, that came to Adam and Eve. And here's, here's the question, and, and this is the ultimate question. This is the, the whole message, and, and, and God bless you. I hope you understand this. I'm very simplistic. Uh, Brother Howes asked me probably 25 years ago, he said, what kind of preacher and teacher are you? He had never heard me preach, and he was getting ready to have me preach at a youth conference, and then he realized how wonderful I was. But then... But uh, he said, what kind of preacher or teacher are you? And I said, I, I said, I don't even know what you mean by the question. I said, but all I can tell you is I'm a real life. Which that means is that I want to find out from that book how we can make it today. How we can get through today. How we can survive today. How we can make it with a family today. How we can make it morally today. How we can make it righteously today. I've got to find that and that's what I do. I, I search out the scripture and here's the question comes ultimately to each of us that came to Adam and Eve. And here's the question. You ready? It's a tough question. Here it is. Where are you? Where are you? When God comes in the cool of the day to speak with us, when he comes to teach us, empower us, to strengthen us, to guide us, to correct us, where are we? Each morning and night of our lives, we either talk to God Listen to this. Each morning and night of our lives, we either talk to God or if we have the ears to hear, we hear him say, where are you? Do you know why Christianity in America is struggling so much today? And I'll, I'll... I'll preach about it eventually and probably more so closer to the to election time, but just to give you a little preview, we'll have a whole nation, we'll have people rise up and say, we need to pray. Pray for our nation, and that's good, we do. We really do. But that's not all the verse says. There's a lot more to prayer and just pray. You see, God doesn't hear prayers when we're still living in sin. But ultimately, the real problem is is that we only pray when there's a, a crisis. We have to call a day of prayer because nobody's praying any other day. And it's not a ritual that you go through. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I struggled with this for many years because I, I, just, I, I, I just wanted somehow to go through the procedure, you know, to the, the, the schedule. But can I tell you, I don't think God scheduled them to meet him. I think he created and 
them and then he showed up right after the creation of Adam, probably from the first day that Adam could, could open his eyes and breathe through his nostrils. From that day forth, every day, God showed up. And I can't help but just believe that must have been something mighty sweet. It must have been something mighty special. So I don't think Adam had to say, you know, I better put an alarm on here to remind me that God's coming tomorrow. I think he was so excited every morning that he couldn't wait for God to show up. And then God took this man called Adam and he put him in a garden. And he could put him there to, to dress and keep that garden, which we talked about in Sunday school class, so to work that garden and to, to protect that garden. That's what dress and keep means. And he, and he, he, w- he was going to work that garden, protect that garden. And, and it became a, a, an incredible job, you know, naming all the animals and taking care of everything. God's, God's garden that he had here. And he, so much so that God, in, his, in his, his sovereignty, looked and said, it's not good that man should be alone. And so he said, not just that man just is not lonely, but that man needed a help meet. He needed someone that would help him do the job God had created him to do. And so he created him a woman. And now uh, this woman, now the two of them, they are one flesh and they, they are doing the job God created. But even that, this helpmeet was not enough, folks. It wasn't enough. God said, look, I, I created that. You Adam, I told you what to do. I put you in the garden to do it. I've created you a helper. But God said, I'm not going to leave you all alone doing it. He said, buddy, I'll be there every day to instruct you, to teach you, to strengthen you, to guide you. I'll give you the power to do the work I've commanded you to do. In 1986, I'd been in the sailor ministry for five months. I didn't, I didn't even, I can't even explain it. I'd never visited the sailor ministry. I was sitting on a Saturday in my home uh, in, in, in about January of 1986. And, and all of a sudden, God just spoke to my heart. I, it told me to join the sailor ministry. I'd never visited, never been a part of it. I picked up the phone, called the leader of that ministry. And I said, I believe God wants to be a part of that ministry. And he just laughed. And he said, I think God's in it. And, and I started the very next weekend with him. And, and five months later, that man left to go pastor. There'd been men in that ministry for four and five and six years. I I've been in there for five months and they and Dr. Howes called me and said, I believe God wants me to ask you to be the leader of the military ministry. Can I tell you? I had no clue. I had I didn't know how who, how the buses ran. I didn't know who got them ready. I didn't know who took care of the servicemen center. I didn't know how we got the gas for it. I didn't know how we didn't. I didn't even know how to get to the base. Because every Saturday, I just got up and got on the bus. Somebody else was taking care of it. You say, what did you do? I went and got sailors. You ask my wife, from the time the first day, we had 5, 6, 8, 10, 12, 15, 16 in our house every Saturday night. At least until my oldest daughter became a teenager, and then they never came to my house again. (laughs) 
till I had to kill one of them. <laughs> but man, I had them all. And, and, and look, all I did every weekend, I just went and got sailors. And the next week, go back and get more. And we were just bringing them in our house. And all of a sudden, they called me in and said, You're gonna, you, we want you to take over the sailor ministry. I can still remember when they asked me, said, said, what's your answer? You know what my answer was? I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's exactly what I said. Walked over and went to the bathroom and came back. Now, the fact is, I didn't know anything. The first Saturday, I went in to take over. Watch this, five different men, college students. I was a brand new staff member at the college. Five different men walked up to me very kindly and told me that I did not deserve to be the leader of that ministry and that I should not be the leader of the ministry, that they had made a mistake that so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so should be the leader of the ministry because I didn't know what I was doing. Let me help you. I agreed with every one of them. And I walked in in front of the fellas that first day and I said, fellas, let me tell you, I don't know what I'm doing. But I can tell you this, God called me to do it. He will enable me to do it. In 18 years, we saw almost 40,000 sailors get saved. It wasn't me. I'm not sure I knew what I was doing when we left there 18 years later. We say, how's that happen? Because God puts us in a place. He even gave me a help me. But wait a minute, we still don't know what we're doing. Unless we meet him. And we meet him each day. And two kids that absolutely knew nothing. God led us, strengthened us, taught us, empowered us. And that's why he said, I'm going to be there. So when he showed up one day, and God in his foreknowledge knew everything, God being omniscient knew everything, but he showed up and he, he came and he he looked and said, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you with me? Buddy, this is the time that we would meet right here and we'd walk. And we'd talk and I would teach you. And I'd help you and I'd strengthen you. Any question you wanted to ask, you could ask me. And here's the problem. And I'm as guilty as anybody in this room. But how many days in our Christian life, if we had spiritual ears to hear, What do we hear? Bob? Where are you? Mike? Where are you? Where are you? And I just, I, I beg you tonight, that's, we don't want to hear that. 
even today, you may have, and I know we get so busy, so out of whack, I mean, just running the gun, but I, I beg you, if right now you realize this is a day that God is still whispering in your ear, where are you? And don't let the rest of this day go by. It's the cool of the day. Meet Him tonight. Meet Him. Don't let this day go by. God came in the cool of the day. Not the cool of the week, the cool of the month, the cool of the day. Please don't let the day go by. That's the, that's the hope of every church, every family, every individual in this world. Is people that truly seek God and say, I'm going to meet him. And it's, yeah, we are people that have to schedule. We have to make everything happen. But I still believe that it, it, it can be so, grow into something so sweet and nice that you don't really even have to schedule it. That when he wakes you up at night, it's not just how can I go back to sleep, but Lord, did you want to talk to me? When you drive in late at night, last night it was one o'clock and I said, Lord, I got about another hour left before we get home. So I've done everything I can to try to stay awake. So if I go to sleep talking to you, it's your fault. <laughs> so I spent the last hour while Joe Best slept and I just talked to him in the car. And it's amazing how he strengthens you, how he fills you, how he teaches you. And I warn you, he never teaches you anything outside his word that he's already given you. He teaches you by the word that you've put in you. Where are you? Let's bow our heads and